gospel is written in the fifth chapter of the Apostle St. Matthew, starting at chapter, at verse 1. Glory be to, to thee, O Lord. Lord. Jesus, seeing his multitudes, went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Praise, Praise be to, to thee, thee, O Christ. Christ. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Now, at my very first training weekend as a new curate, uh, the then Bishop of Barking, David Hawkins, uh, performed a handstand to demonstrate the way in which Jesus, through his teaching in the Beatitudes, turns our understanding of life itself upside down. Um, his action certainly turned our expectations of bishops and their behavior upside down at the same time that it perfectly illustrated the point he was making. Jesus is depicted upside down in a painting called Jesus Stripped and uh, Striped, created by Cedric Baxter for a set of Australian Stations of the Cross. And Victoria Emily Jones has written about that painting that it captures Jesus mid-tumble, naked and abused and down on his way to death. But what Christians know and glory in, especially during the Easter season, is that he's also circling back. He's turning a cartwheel. The upside-downness of Jesus in this particular image challenges us to look at Passion Week with the right perspective as a journey which brings Christ low, only then to raise him up once again. And G.K. Chesterton used a similar image when he was writing about St. Francis of Assisi. He said, St. Francis, at the time when he disappeared into the prison or the dark cavern, underwent a reversal of a certain psychological kind. The man who went into the cave was not the man who came out again. He looked at the world as differently from other men as if he had come out of that dark hole walking on his hands. 
And if a man saw the world hanging upside down with all the trees and towers hanging head downwards as in a pool, one effect of that image would be to emphasize the idea of dependence. It would make vivid the scriptural text which says that God has hanged the world upon nothing. In what ways, I wonder, do these images and Jesus' teaching in the Beatitudes actually turn our understanding of life upside down? Donald Craybill writes in the Upside Down Kingdom that Jesus startles us as paradox, irony, and surprise permeate his teachings, flipping our expectations upside down. The least are the greatest. Adults become like children. The religious miss the heavenly banquet. The immoral receive forgiveness and blessing. Things aren't like we think they should be. And we're baffled and perplexed, uncertain whether to laugh or cry, because again and again, turning our world upside down, Jesus' kingdom surprises us. And this surprise comes because it is actually the humble poor who know their need of God. And it is those who have nothing who know that they need everything. And so Jesus is, I think, suggesting that we should pray for those moments when we and others become poor in spirit, bereaved, meek, hungry, thirsty, as these are moments when we are then more likely to turn our faces to God looking for salvation. We need to pray for the opening of doors in us and others that gain and comfort have locked tight. And this means that the gospel announcement, our salvation, is actually truly comprehensive, is truly for all people, because it is offered to losers by circumstance or choice. The poor have no means of becoming rich, but the rich have within themselves the possibility of becoming poor. There is nothing that we don't have that will bar our entry to this upside-down kingdom. And so we can pray to be rid of what we do have that God's kingdom may truly come to all. In this way, as the Beatitudes state, our lives are turned upside down and we are blessed with poverty, with grief, with meekness, with hunger, with mercy, with purity, with peacemaking, and with persecution. As opposed to the survival of the fittest or looking after number one, the kingdom of God as it is described in the Beatitudes is a place of happiness for those who know that they are spiritually poor. A place of comfort for those who mourn. A place of receptivity for those who are humble. 
a place of satisfaction for those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires, a place of mercy for those who are merciful, a place in which God is seen by the pure in heart, a place in which those who work for peace are called God's children, and a place which belongs to those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. And this is what those like St. Francis that we call saints came to realize and practice in their lives. And it is also what we must seek through prayer as we too respond to our calling from God to be his saints. So may God forgive our attempts to be loved, our pride, our pleasure-seeking, and our leisure-seeking, and instead turn our lives upside down that we might be blessed with poverty, with grief, with meekness, with hunger, with mercy, with purity, with peacemaking, even with persecution, and most of all, with his upside-down kingdom. Amen.